0: Good morning. It is Friday, December 16th. It is five minutes after 11. You are listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off. And being very gracious, Tony Kinnett has decided to come in and fill in today. And, And let's just start off this hour by talking about what it's like to be here at WIBC and how things happen sometimes. Because during the top-of-the-hour news break, Tony and I both left the studio. I went to go use the restroom. I didn't take my phone with me. I didn't spend 10 minutes uh, in
1: there. Oh, it's a m- missed opportunity. Yeah, uh,
0: and and Tony went and got himself a little bite to eat. And Absolutely. As, we're, as we're walking back down the hallway to come back into the studio, who was walking towards us but Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch.
1: Yeah, you know, as, as you do. And it just said, hello, and, how's it going? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a nice respectful nod and lieutenant governor and then, you know, kept on walking because we got work to do.
0: Yeah. So she uh, she has a looks to be a, a boot on her her left foot. She sprained her ankle. We talked about that. And I was inclined to invite her in the studio, but I know that wasn't prepared. And I'm, I'm sure she's busy and has a schedule and has other things to do. And, and all I said to her was, you're going to be scrutinized a lot. Congratulations on announcing that you're running for governor.
1: Yep. Both true things.
0: And I said, you're going to be scrutinized a lot and she agreed with that and i simply said uh stick to your convictions
1: Which is what every candidate should do, instead of pancakeety flip-flopping all over absolutely everything. I think it's going to be an interesting gubernatorial race, I I really wish her the best of luck. Uh, I'm I'm still waiting to see what policies individuals are going to have that are going to carry Indiana forward, Mm -hmm. rather than just doing our classic Republican status quo, well, at least it's not Democrat, kind of approach. It's grown stale in Indiana, it isn't really drawing the support that it once did. Um, I, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that we'll see uh, some really good policy prescriptions come out of it in the next couple of mm-hmm. months.
0: Well, she is here, I believe, doing an interview with Abdul, which is probably for State House happening. So you can hear that sure. this, this weekend on 93 WIBC. All right, let's talk about what uh, the Senate did yesterday. They voted to ban TikTok on government-issued
1: phones. Good.
0: And uh, Senator Marshall said that TikTok gives China a window into American law. Lives. And uh, he, he went on to say he's not going to make a blanket statement about TikTok and he doesn't uh, claim to be a tech whiz, but he he thinks that uh, there is some fear regarding TikTok with our national security.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Chinese spyware. It is. Even Beijing admits tacitly that they collect the data obtained from TikTok. Mm-hmm. TikTok has been caught in the code, observing how you use your phone, what other programs you browse, looking at your contact list, your financial information, etc. And then TikTok stores that information offsite, whereas offsite for TikTok it's China mm-hmm. and Chinese government has access to absolutely everything they have utilized it before to hold data of private American citizens. I don't think that TikTok should be allowed as an app as a national security issue mm-hmm. anywhere in the United States period.
0: At all on at all, anyone's period. phone. No, no, really? It, it, no. You don't think that that uh, responsibility is up to the individual users? You think that the, the government has to get involved national, and make
1: a law? It is a national security risk, period. The Chinese government has shown to use has been shown to use technology as a military weapon. Mm-hmm in several situations, and several circumstances over the last decade. I do not want to see any kind of situation of chaos if the Chinese government chooses to invade Taiwan, or to cause chaos over here, everyone who's downloaded TikTok on their phones, it bricks their phone. It's a term in and techno- in, in computers where it like shuts your device off and makes it useless. Mm-hmm. That could happen. I don't want to see that kind of chaos created over here, disrupting our communication system, because we wanted some 17-year-old to be able to dance on an mm-hmm,
0: app. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, well, Marshall went on to Say that he's for self responsibility, but he thinks that parents should take a look at what their children are using. Oh uh,
1: yeah, okay. and that new?
0: Uh, well, yeah. Um, and then there's Rokita who said that he doesn't want it. Anybody in Indiana using it as well, and and that's because of the inappropriate content that is being presented to children. And I do agree with that that there is in a uh, tons of inappropriate content.
1: Absolutely, child pornography specifically,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of drug use and yeah. You know, okay, so so step here's, up
1: from the bad language. Here's your hot take of the day. If it ha- so, we can address this very simply. Does it have rampant child pornography issues? Yes. Does it have rampant hard drug use problems exhibited and praised on the app. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it a national security threat by objective measures? Yes. Okay. Indiana legislature pass the law. Ban it in, ban it in the state of Indiana. Just do it. Uh, there's nothing stopping you. There is no congressional protection for a third party app from another nation deserving a place on American phones. Pass the law. Grow some stones, do your job, protect Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. There's no reason China should have access to the data of Indiana citizens. There's no reason China should be allowed to algorithmically dictate child pornography to children who are using this app.
0: Okay, now I've heard a lot of people say, who are on TikTok, who say, yeah, but who cares? I'm not doing anything. I don't care if the Chinese government sees me doing a silly little dance. What's the risk of that?
1: Okay, well, there's a lot more to that. Again, they have access through the app. It's more than just the social media function of the app. The app, by its own specific nature of design, has access to other parts of your phone. There are like 37 different categories of areas of your phone use on iPhones and a slightly smaller number on Android because they're grouped differently. If TikTok has access to those and it has read and write permissions, it can look at and direct your phone whenever it wants. Mm -hmm. And that can be used for malicious intent whenever the Chinese government decides that's necessary. Whether or not they ever choose to use that is outside the point. That is a national security risk. Now, what happens when you delete the app? Does that risk go away? Or is there still an imprint on your phone? It depends on what operating system you have. It depends Mm -hmm. on what version of the app you have. We can't be sure. Spyware, Trojans, malware, those kinds of things tend to leave footprints wherever they are. Mm -hmm. And all I'm saying in the situation is you never have to worry about wiping it off your phone if it was never on there in the first place.
0: Yeah. Uh, You had mentioned uh, it turns your phone into a brick and it could cut off communication. Can you imagine if you didn't have your cell phone? I, I don't have a landline anymore.
1: The, imagine if everyone in the United States mm-hmm. who had TikTok, imagine if their phones were basically shut off simultaneously mm-hmm. across the country. Mm-hmm. That would be a major communications disruption. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that planes would fall out of the sky. I'm not saying Y2K would occur. I'm saying that that in and of itself would cause a very, very significant disruption mm-hmm. on the American communication system. When we are distracted, that is a very good time for countries that have external interests to do external things. Mm-hmm. This is this was talked about in the early 2010s with EMPs, electromagnetic pulses that can shut you know devices off via external means, um, as a use to basically distract other nations while you were doing your own things that you wish to accomplish in foreign policy. Mm -hmm. I see that as a possibility here. Others in the national security communities have said that as a problem. And I think that deserves to be looked at.
0: I've had a conversation about this uh, with my daughter. Uh, Everybody knows that she's a student at Purdue. And um, when the original lockdowns first were happening and things were getting weird and nobody really knew what was going on and it just, you know, it felt off. Yeah. I had a conversation with her and it said, you know what, if you're at school and at any point your phone gets shut off and all of your friends' phones get shut off and you can't communicate and contact with me, I want you to get in your car and we set up a meeting location. Mm-hmm. Don't wait, just get in your car and head there. Um, and that way we'll at least be together and be able to figure it out. And it it almost feels like it's, it's that sort of situation with TikTok, that if they're able to do that, have your your plan ready to go that if you can't communicate because we're all dependent on our cell phones now that if something were to happen where are you going to meet who are the people you're meeting like what is your contingency plan.
1: Yeah so this is the this is the classic problem that I have with a lot of individuals who are just that everything's going to be fine crowd. Uh, so my wife and I also, for our family, have several preparations mm-hmm. made to survive. It's kind of
0: like if there's a house fire, yeah. get out of the house. No matter the, where the scale of the emergency. I'm not right. talking
1: apocalypse now, yeah. but just in, in certain cases where something something might happen, we are prepared. That's just called common sense. A lot of people think that our society is very robust. It is very sturdy. And that because it's very robust and sturdy in their mind, they can just kind of wander around aimlessly, just on their phones, constantly seeking bread and entertainment. The well, Latin phrase for that is called panem at circuses. And it's a classical idea.
0: It, 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 and it goes back to the people who were on TikTok saying, well, what do they care about me? I'm just doing a silly little dance. It doesn't affect me.
1: Okay. I mean, you know, then, then okay, child, then I don't <laughs> need to take your opinion on policy seriously. No, I don't. I'm not going to take someone who says, well, it's just a little dance. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's just having fun. What's the problem? OK, well, the problem is you're not an adult. There are real concerns abroad. And so you wanting to have fun and get your dopamine fill on likes and reposts on TikTok is not worth sacrificing the national security of the United States.
0: It is 15 minutes after 11. You are listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett. And uh, another story I want to just discuss with you, it, Oregon's health authority stresses that the survey it's voluntary and parents can opt their children out as 6th graders are handed surveys with 12 gender and sexuality options. They include two-spirit, demiboy, demigirl, agender. Two-spirit. Yeah. Uh, different, different things that they can call themselves. Now they say it's a voluntary survey, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. why does the school have to know and, Tony, you were a teacher. Did you teach differently based on a student's sexuality, even while they're forming that opinion? As a sixth grader, they're forming their opinion of who they're going to be.
1: Uh, I, well, I was at Knightstown, no, because we didn't have any any students that were uh, that I, I, I never had any students, thank God, that ever actually came up and told me that kind of nonsense. That would have been a call home immediately. Uh, but when I was at Lawrence North, I, I did have administrators that told me that uh, I had a student that wanted to change your name and, and change your pronouns and said, well, you need to do this. And I said, OK, great. No, I'm not doing that. I'm a biology teacher. I understand biology more than you do, and I'm not going to make things up uh, so that I can tell someone who has a form of schizophrenia. I also can hear the toaster talking. So I, I don't know. I think my real question about all this is why are these surveys always opt out? Why is mm-hmm. it never opt in? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Like why, why is it always, we're going to, by default, ask if your child is a two-spirit demisexual who likes to play with sex toys.
0: Well, question 13 of 76 questions. God, no one has ask that Ask whether they span. define themselves as a girl or a boy. Question 13. 76 questions.
1: Why 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 again why do you care? Why if, if this is truly such a non-issue, if mm-hmm. this is just something we all should be comfortable with, then why are there why is it necessary for all of these surveys asking how they express their inner unicorn sexual being? What why? What what reason is there for this?
0: Question 14 asks whether they consider themselves transgender. Question 15, they're given 10 different options, including pansexual, asexual, aromantic. I mean, these are terms. I love
1: it. So pansexual just means that you kind of go back and forth as you feel like it. Like Mm -hmm. some days you may want to have sex with a guy. Some days you may want to have sex with a girl. I mean, there was a time when that's bisexual, but that's totally different. And then they're literally just making up words for kicks and giggles at this point. Question
0: 19, do you have difficulty dressing or bathing?
1: Well, yeah, that's because my my clothes were too small during that time, and and we constantly had to run out and get new ones because of a growth spurt, not because I was uncomfortable in a pair of jeans and a T-shirt.
0: So, they're calling these Youth Truth Surveys. Youth Truth Surveys. Youth youth
1: Truth Surveys. But wait a minute. What's the truth? I thought truth was this subjective thing that's unique to everyone. Yeah.
0: Um, (sighs) It's just interesting that you're going to teach differently to that student?
1: I mean, that, that sounds like discrimination to me. That sounds like, uh, you know, actually uh, profiling would be the term. You know, I yes. mean, imagine if I had a student. Again, yeah. the idea in, in Indianapolis is that they wanted to, us to teach our students differently uh, based on uh, the skin color. So we were supposed to have like a black wave teaching and a white wave teaching. Horribly discriminatory, yes. Very disturbing, yes. And now we're just doing the same thing with gender so that, I don't know, some Karen out there can feel as though she's making a difference. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like Karen's just lonely.
0: All right. It is 19 minutes after 11. That's Tony Kennett. And you're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. All right. We're just going to label this break as the entertainment break because there are three stories that are...
1: Entertaining.
0: They're, no, they're tracking a oh. lot. So I thought it might be worthy to uh, mention it as we try and keep our uh, audience informed. It is 23 minutes after 11. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kennett is filling in. Okay, this first one is in regards to a new reality show, and it has set social media a blaze. Uh, everybody seems to be fascinated with this hot moms looking for love with men half their age show. Okay, so don't give me that look. Uh, this is... No, on... I
1: just thought it was funny that this is what we're talking about if we just saw the lieutenant governor walk by.
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> now like... would be an appropriate no, I mean, she time. She just passed
1: by the door and it's like, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> Come on
0: in. Uh, now would be an appropriate time to invite her in. Um, okay, so this show is going to be on the TLC network and it's called MILF Manor. Uh, this is
1: the this is a TLC show. Mm-hmm. Like, Ah, yeah, that's awesome. Yes,
0: yes, you remember uh, that used to stand for the Learning Channel, and now many Come people learn are, about cougars. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now many people are saying that uh, TLC stands for. This looks cringe, but <laughs> let's let's listen to the trailer for it. Life has given me some curveball. I think it's my time to find love i was married for 14 years. I want to get a chance to do me a little. Young men have much more energy. They think out of the box. I want that.
1: Especially in the bedroom.
0: (laughs) I am in this amazing, beautiful mansion here in Mexico. This is a perfect place to find love. Welcome to the villa. You're about to embark on a dating experience like
1: none other. Let's go.
0: I have an extremely high libido. Is that too much saying I have an extremely high libido? Should I just have said a high libido?
1: Uh, ladies, where's all the men is? I'm ready to connect with somebody who doesn't really care how old I am. I'm just looking to have fun. Here we go.
0: What the hell?
1: It just got real. Oh. Okay. That, that was the most exciting, like, <laughs> dramatic audio they could find at the end. hmm that's, that's a show.
0: So, so it's uh, It's the show about these women, and they're eight confident and strong-minded women. They leave home for their chance to find love at a paradise destination with younger men. And then, as you heard, what is it?
1: I mean, it's just... Uh, I, that's I'm-
0: the tease. What's going to happen on the show? I have my guess.
1: I'm, I'm trying to find the right way to, to say this on air, but it sounds like a bunch of people who want to watch porn but don't want to watch porn. Really, though, I mean, that's like, that's an entire category for, for, for people. It's like, you want to watch someone have sex with moms? Hey, here's this porn thing. Like, just, dude, why are you wasting your time watching a bunch of. Caddy women run around Mexico. Like this is really like just 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 go. I mean, look, you're, you're clearly like desperate to watch some forty year old, fifty year old woman talk about her libido. Just go. Mm-hmm. Like I, no one is checking to see if you're watching milf man. or Oh my God, our our <laughs> culture has just gone down the toilet.
0: <laughs> but here's the thing: they tease this big revelation in the show. I believe what's going to happen is that the young men in the show are the sons of the various moms. <laughs> I don't know. No. That, I don't know. That's for sure. But I think no. that's what it is. No, I mean, I mean, that's
1: just like ah, Oedipus the show. I mean, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. they're not going to. Hopefully, hopefully they're not going to be dating their own mothers. I, well, no, I, no, but no, like, no, not their own. No, I mothers. mean, but like, yeah, but like, I don't want to like, like Imagine you walk downstairs in the morning and you like you see your I don't know like your son making out with his other lady. It's mm-hmm. just yeah. Why have we really run out of things to watch as a society?
0: Well, that's the premise of the show. It's that the it's these fifty plus women who are looking for love and they've got all these young men. Well, all of these women are at the age where they could have grown sons and then, boom, curtain goes up and they reveal the faces of no, the young No, keep men. the curtain
1: down. Nope, nope, shut down the theater, <laughs> leaving, give me my money back, I'm not, I please, don't watch TLC, don't waste your time and your money on this. Please, go hug your children, don't, you know... Go looking for others to hug, if you catch my drift.
0: Okay. The other thing that I wanted to mention, beside besides how AOC's climate change doc is completely failing, hardcore, <laughs> only making eighty one dollars. Eighty. Oh, it went up 80, from eighty to eighty one. Eighty one dollars per theater, and it's her. debut week. Yeah, it's called To the End, and I I believe a part of that, the reason that it's failing, is it her or is the content? Well, you know, people want to go to the movie theater to be entertained, not necessarily yelled at, uh, but there's this other show that another movie that's coming out and it is getting so much attention. People are actually recording the trailer in the theater and it has leaked out. It is the top trending story on Twitter. Tony, this right now, right now, the top trending story on Twitter is about this movie and the trailer is getting so much action that they've pulled it from online. You can You cannot find the original no, thirty or sixty second trailer. I have been able to find this 10 second clip.
1: Oh, Barbie,
0: you're my only friend. I wish you were real. Sounds like a Disney sound effect, right?
1: Come on Barbie. Let's go party. Oh. Barbie, let's go party.
0: face you're giving me right now. You're like, what am I doing? Uh okay, so Barbie, one of the most popular and recognizable toys, been around since 1959, never had a live action movie based on it before until now. The summer of 23 is when this is coming out. This is the number 1 trending story on Twitter right now. The Barbie movie will star Margot Robbie and also Ryan Gosling as her longtime champion, Ken.
1: So, I, I mean, look, Kevin and I, we talked about this, you know, during the break. Nostalgia movies are a big thing. Remember when they made, like, the Battleship movie that was, like, very loosely based on the board game? And it was actually, yeah. like, Aliens versus the Navy. Um, what are some other, like, weird Lego nostalgia movies? Movie? Yeah, the Lego movie. The yeah. Lego movie, the, the first one was okay. It was good. Like, it, it made some good Lego jokes. That was funny. But, like, a lot of these nostalgia movies, the Troll Dolls movie, yeah. it's just trying to, like, grab in on some, like, mm-hmm. late millennial nostalgia. Well, yeah, N- nostalgia is a very powerful emotion. Yeah. And I was like, okay... That's that's where i was kind of with the the barbie live action movie was going to be like okay there is a uh, so there's a jimmy kimmel sketch called movie the movie and at the begin, in somewhere in the middle, there's this little boy, and he goes, "Army Andy, you're my only friend. Mm-hmm. I wish mm-hmm. you were real." And he sets it down, and, and then, then he like real. real. That's the same line yeah. that they used in this real trailer. But like, I don't know. Does anyone else have a problem with like a kid saying something very sweet and innocent like, "You're my best friend," and then like the really heavy sensual music kicks in? Mm-hmm. Like, anyone else like the, the the music got all hot and heavy real quick, and it's like <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. I would like to leave. Yeah, it was, it, it was a little strange. Like, that's kind of a weird aesthetic to go for.
0: Well, this movie will be in theaters on uh, July 23rd. And I just thought it was really interesting because how much reaction it's getting from people and how it's trending so much and that you can't find the trailer anywhere because they pulled it because it's become... So popular.
1: Oh, there's ways. Yeah, uh, and then, yeah, yeah. There's there's ways uh, on the, the seven open seas. You can always find something.
0: <laughs> All right, we got to get to news, and that's coming up next eleven thirty. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on ninety three WIBC.
1: You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on ninety three WIBC. Good
0: morning. It is the I'm Kendall and Casey WC. Show on ninety three WIBC. Huh. Eleven thirty six. Okay, so uh, last segment, we were talking about this Barbie live action movie and uh, how it's coming out in theaters. and it was the number one trending topic on Twitter. And uh, they have pulled the trailer off offline. you it's 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 hard to find it. So now people sure. are recording it. In the movie theater and then posting it online, um, and you we we played the audio of the ten seconds that I did have, and you said it sounded just like another movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Jimmy Kimmel did a sketch uh, on I don't know, whatever evening show he has, and mm-hmm. uh, he he did this is like a while ago, and he made this like parody movie trailer called Movie the Movie, and it had like all the movie tropes ever, and it's the exact same line because the little girl says, "Oh, Barbie, you're my only friend. I wish you were alive." Mm-hmm. And in that sketch, and then then think, the magic happened. Yeah, Jimmy and does, it does the same thing. thing with some kid. Kevin, do we have that? Or me, Andy. You're my only friend.
0: Wish you were alive.
1: But miracles... Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Barbie, you're my only friend. I wish you were real. Let's go. It's the same thing. They can't imagine ripping off parodies to make real movies. That's, it's, they're just so bankrupt of creativity. It's pathetic.
0: Let's talk about Nancy Pelosi for a moment. She lost it after getting asked if she'll serve
1: her, the oh, full yeah, term. Oh, yeah, she did. She got spicy.
0: Yeah, yeah, she did. And uh, Well, she was asked, will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? Reasonable question, right? Yeah,
1: considering that you know everything from her husband being attacked and all the very strange issues about that being very shady. Not to mention the host of insider trading allegations and potential investigations coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a it's a reasonable question. I think
0: we're sharing a brain on this Moon. Let's let's listen to her answer, and uh, and then we'll we'll discuss. Will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? What is this? What is this? Don't bother me with a question like that. <laughs> really. Really? Okay.
1: Madam Is that what I'm going
0: to do? Yeah. Madam, I don't. Those kind of questions are Madam just, just a waste of my time. Form. No, I'm. A, yes, sir. Just- a waste of her time. Those questions are a waste of her time.
1: I mean, what a jerk. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Well, what a jerk. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine it sounded like the question was earnest. It was it's a decent question and it's a great are political.
0: You gonna, yeah. Are you going to commit to serving the rest of the term? It's also team?
1: a great political opportunity. All you have to say is I care very deeply about the people of San Francisco. They deserve my full time mm-hmm. and attention. I will try my best to serve the remainder of my two years. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then like everyone kind of, you know, around the political table nods instead. I mean, captain grumpy queen over here decide the word that i want to use i can't use on air Fancy fans decided l- to just slide in and smack a reporter for no reason all yeah, right
0: and with everything that's been going on with her including all the allegations of her insider trading her questionable home invasion uh, to her husband's dui she's in no position to be curt one of the reasons she was fired
1: yeah one of
0: uh, also um A failed politician and appointee wannabe, Stacey Abrams, was on Good Morning America, and she was asked what her future plans are, and uh, this is what she had to say. Okay, so now that the midterms are over, I know you probably get asked this a lot, but we have to ask, what's next for you? How likely are you to run for office again? I may run again, but, (laughs) but I've always said that it's not about the title, it's about the work.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, I want you to picture something for me. I want you to picture something. The Wheel of Fortune, okay? Mm-hmm. And Stacy spins the wheel, uh-huh. and it's going clickety-clickety-clickety-click, clickety. Pat Sajak's like, all right, let's see what you get here. All right, see. Only every single wedge uh-huh. on the wheel just says, lose another election. Every one. And so she spins it, and it's like, big money. It's like, ah, time to run again. Let's go. Oh, can I have $3 million to lose? I, I tell you what, they ought to bottle up that conversation confidence. I, I Seriously, I don't know at this point whether to pity her, whether to laugh at her. Well, I mean, I'm choosing to laugh at her. Um, I mean, I guess I pity the people who believe that she's not wasting their time and money because she raises money every time she runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, spending money her, on her 18th her campaign. Her yeah, they do. The DNC
0: gives her money constantly. So to do teachers' unions. And she keeps running against the same people. She keeps losing. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, it came out that she wanted to be appointed to the FCC. And I thought, OK, she can't win elections. Now she just wants to be appointed uh, a position.
1: I can't pass my doctoral school. Uh, I just am um, going for the honorary doctorate now. Uh, that's bold strategy. Uh,
0: but there she was on Good Morning America, <laughs> contemplating running. I, I don't know for what. Yes. The queen of can't win elections. Abrams and
1: Beto for president, 2024. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Please. Oh, boy. Dear you're Lord, up, I'm begging you. You're
0: stomachs all over central Indiana. Okay, so more JFK classified docs were released. This is uh, 59 years after John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Mm. We're still fascinated with this. And 97% of the records are now available, but they're holding on to 3%. Sure. What's in the
1: 3%? Uh, I would probably hazard a guess that it has to do uh, with the uh, assassin's previous ties to the Soviet Union. So a lot, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but after the Kennedy assassination, the, the Soviet Union freaked out because the first thing that the Soviet premiership did was basically ask the KGB to, or the KGB to, sorry, John Pierre is stuck in the head. They asked the KGB to launch a full scale investigation because no one knew if they had done it or not. Mm-hmm. And the, the KGB was in, did a full-scale investigation, released a lot of documents and basically said we don't think we did it And then it came out that you know the guy who went came out and shot Kennedy was a very big Soviet fan, huge communist sympathizer and all this other stuff. And so the KGB went back and did a second investigation and basically came forward and said, we did not use him to do anything in the United States because he was too, unreliable. Mm. Uh, so, I, I, if I had to guess what's in the other 3%, I'd probably say it outlines probably direct conversations that he had with KGB ins, uh, KGB agents uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, Tucker
0: Carlson last night on Fox News came out and said that he had sourced a member of the CIA and asked directly, was the CIA involved? And the source came back and said, yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination. However, uh, Tucker
1: Carlson did not reveal his source. Um, I I honestly think there's probably some kind of a double agent situation mm -hmm. in which an agent that was in the CIA that was working directly with the KGB was talking to Oswald, I would say, years before this. And that was probably his contact with the Soviet Union. And we saw this in two other isolated uh, espionage incidents in the 60s and 70s regarding number stations and Russian decoding equipment that was... uh, Found and obtained.
0: So Biden has ordered that the remaining records, the remaining three percent, to be released publicly by June thirtieth of twenty twenty-three.
1: Released publicly with like all the sharpieing and re- redacting, redactions
0: yeah. with some black marker. Oh, great! Get it. to
1: see CIA letterhead. What mm. fun!
0: <laughs> it's eleven forty-four. This is the Kendall and Casey show on ninety-three WIBC. Good morning. It's 1149. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kinnett is filling in for Rob today, who is uh, enjoying a day off. Hopefully, he's enjoying it. Something that we uh, meant to get to yesterday, but we never had the chance, was that the uh, Fed raised... The interest rate. There was another hike. It's the seventh one this year. This was a 50 basis point increase, a little smaller than what it has been. And Jerome Powell was asked about this, and he asked he was asked if a, uh, a smaller rate increase was going to be the trend going forward. And this is what he had to say. Thanks, Nick Timmeros of The Wall Street Journal. Uh, Chair Powell, I want to follow up on on Gina's question. The decision to step down the pace of
1: rate increase, rate rises, uh, appears to have been socialized at your last meeting, largely before the past two CPI reports showed inflation decelerating
0: in line with the committee's forecast this year you just now talked about making decisions meeting by meeting and being mindful of the lags of policy does that mean all things equal you would feel more comfortable probing where the terminal rate is by moving in 25 basis point increments including beginning at your next
1: meeting so I haven't made a judgment <clears throat> on what size rate hike to, to make at the last meeting, but you know the, what, what you said is broadly right, which is having moved so quickly and having now so much restraint that's still in the pipeline, we think that the appropriate thing to do now is to move to a slower pace, and um, you know that will that will allow us to feel our way and. Uh, uh, you know, and get to that level we think, and, and better balance the risks that we face. So that, that's that's the idea. It makes makes a lot. Of-
0: okay, so that uh, he's pretty much just saying they're going to take it meeting by meeting at this point. Yeah, they they don't they're, have. They're this slowing
1: uh, down the rate increases. Right. Yeah. There's
0: not a, a broad plan in place where it's going to be these extreme rate increases going forward. Which they're is gonna, which They're going to look at it.
1: I, I I think that again, to combat inflation, you have to increase the rates. You have to you have to increase the rates to combat the printing of the money that mm-hmm. the Fed did. That's how it works. You
0: have to make. I mean, the money means something. Yeah, it, it has <laughs> to.
1: I mean, it, there are so many nations in the global economy that rely on how the U.S. dollar functions, and everything regarding short-term to long-term T-bill sales matter a lot on the international market. And so, to watch the Biden administration basically come forward and say, well. I think we're, you know, things are going okay. I guess inflation's not slowing down. They said decelerating, so Mm -hmm. it's not increasing by as much. It is still increasing and starting to run away from them. So what we're going to do here to make kind of a a bold move, we're just going to slow down the rate increases. Okay, no. If you're putting out a house fire, you don't just because. Oh, wow! Looks like we put out the fire in the bedroom. Well, we can go ahead and slow the the stream of the water. We can turn the faucet a little off because you know it's going well so far. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how the economy works. That's not how any industry has ever solved in kind of inflationary crisis. Dumb move.
0: Well, yesterday the stock market hit a three month low, and uh, Bank of America. Larry Summers, also Jamie Dimon, they all say a recession is coming in 2023, and we're seeing more and more companies announcing layoffs, and uh, it could be a tightening of the belt for a lot of people next year. Just keep that in mind as we wrap up the end of this year. Oh, yeah,
1: when the money is worthless, you know, there's less to, to go around. I know everyone in the federal government thinks that when you slice a pizza into more slices that you get more pizza. But it turns out that people just get less full um, (laughs) by the pizza that's been sliced way too many times. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Good for them.
0: It is uh, 11.53 with the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. So, this headline won the day yesterday. Kokomo Library adding Narcon Vending Machine. Yes. Which the, the the headline struck me. And uh, so the library in central Indiana is uh, stepping up their fight with the ongoing opioid epidemic. And uh, they have installed a Narcon vending machine in the library.
1: So, when I drop my kids off at the library, you know what I really, really want? Mm-hmm. I really want there to be a line of, of uh, dudes on drugs uh, waiting at the Narcon vending machine uh, to try to uh, limit how likely they are to have an overdose, or mitigate, I should say, uh, the chance of an overdose. Okay. <laughs>
0: are you going to need a library card? <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's <laughs> a library card to check out my Narcan. Yeah,
0: do they do they loan it out to you? Do you have to have it back in two weeks? Is this in is stock? going to be a late fee if you don't. it Do bring you guys back? have
1: any adult fiction Narcan or, or are we just documentary Narcan today? All right.
0: Um, okay, so we uh, we talked about him earlier in the show, and let's uh, let's end it with him, and that is uh, Mayor Pete Pete Buttigieg. Oh, what okay. an
1: American, uh, I'd say hero, but mm-hmm. um, I get scared. You about said lying you on the said air.
0: that his husband doesn't like you.
1: What's up? Spill the tea. Oh well. Well, Chasten is a very big public education um, hero, and,
0: and well, you know who he was good friends with at one time is that Sam Britton.
1: Well, that's uh, that that's very true. Mm-hmm. So, Chasten, in a in a speech uh, that he was giving, this is a couple years ago. This is when I had started my campaign of getting Indiana teachers to leave the Indiana State Teachers Association because mm-hmm. you don't need to spend a thousand dollars of your salary a year for an organization that provides zero things to you in the workplace. And he found out about this, and, and I had just started my political commentary and, and career at that point in education. And he uh, he mentioned me in a speech that he didn't like that. Uh, he said, people like Tony Kennett who are working to destroy public, public education. I was like, oh, that's kind of a, a weird flex. But uh, so, you know, I, I hope that he thinks about his family more than he thinks about me. But, you know, no guarantees. Mm-hmm. I am quite a political catch, I'm told.
0: Well, you know that he's a big advocate for the government. to oh, yeah, that's about all curb he is. Carbon emissions and he's taken at least 18 flights using taxpayer-funded private jets. Since taking office. So Pete Buttigieg has traveled across the country visiting Florida, Ohio, New Hampshire, lots of places, uh, even out of the country, using private jets. Uh, This is a fleet that's managed by the FAA. So I would like to take this moment to remind everybody how uh, Mayor Pete gave up on Indiana and moved out of the state. But this is typical elitist hypocrisy, right? Changing your lifestyle to combat climate change
1: for us. Yeah, one round trip is more carbon than you'll produce in your entire lifetime. Merry Christmas.
0: Hey, sidebar, when there was the rail strike going on, guess where Mayor Pete was?
1: Oh, do tell.
0: He was in Europe on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Quiet quitting. Hey, Tony, thank you so much for coming in. Kevin, thank you. Good job. And thank you for listening today. And we're going to catch you back here Monday. It's 93 W.I.B.C.